athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. I'm on the stage right now, singing your favorite song. As always, thank you for joining me on another edition of Box to Row. We've got so much to get to on the program. I want to do some spring cleaning things first because obviously we're going to talk about the NBA Finals where the Denver Nuggets are in good shape. We're going to talk about this live PGA situation. Had my eye on this for quite some time and some other things I want to get to on the program. First of all, uh, Lawrence Johnson. Someone found it all pro You talk about a profession. So within the realm of particularly when you're talking about photos or photographs and all pro photo was one of the best. And Lawrence Johnson was a veteran. He passed away uh, earlier this week. And I, when I when I saw this and my Facebook page started popping up people giving tributes to him. I mean this was he was a Wonderful gentleman. First and foremost, he uh, was a graduate of both Morgan and Howard, as a matter of fact, and he also went to Howard University with my father, who was our next week's edition of the program. It's going to be the Father's Day edition, uh, Father's Day weekend edition of the program that we do each and every year, but he also went to Morgan State. He was he photographed the National Football League in his early days for for those that are old enough to remember trading cards. I guess they still have, do they still have trading cards today? Are, are trading cards online? Are they virtual? Everything is virtual and online, but I mean, you know, for tops. I don't think he, he just strictly worked for tops. Did a lot of National Football League stuff. I'm not sure how much he did uh, with the NBA. He did some Major League Baseball stuff um, as well. But then he formed All Pro Photo, a collective of of fantastic photographers, as a matter of fact. And they used to shoot everything from Bowie State Athletics to Virginia State to North Carolina Central. Uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, Shaw and I had a chance to work um, with Lawrence Johnson if in our early days of box to row we used to do a calendar and um, he used to shoot the calendar and we he would come down here to North Carolina and um, you know we he was he was fantastic at what he did as a matter of fact again in our early days we had what was called the HBCU Sports Press Association um, where we were in essence the Associated Press of HBCU Sports. So we would write stories and, um, and and just like the Associated Press does, and he would provide pictures and sometimes shoot uh, for that as well. Wonderful gentleman, um, uh, loved Washington, loved the Baltimore Orioles, 
Um, and it's it's sad. Those I, I know those uh, in the HBCU sports world, I would say more specifically on the East Coast, even more specifically out of that uh, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area would really know All-Pro Photo and know Lawrence Johnson and who I'm speaking of, but really broadly across HBCU sports as a whole. Because when you talk about photographers, he was one of the best. A fixture at the CIAA tournament each and every year. I think he did some MEAC stuff, but uh, All-Pro Photo and Lawrence Johnson fixtures every year at the CIAA tournament. And so um, our condolences out to the family of Lawrence Johnson. Um, I mean, he was a friend. He was he was a friend of mine. And we had some really, really good times together, some good times working together, but just some good times talking uh, also as well. Uh, so Lawrence Johnson, that, that, that's a big, it's a big blow um, to HBCU sports, uh, particularly in the photography round so i mentioned we got some stuff to get to today on the program but some a little spring cleaning here right so i've been talking about it uh, if you subscribe to our newsletter um and and you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter on our website at box you just click on the newsletter tab to subscribe we and we i've talked about it maybe a couple of weeks ago the countdown to kickoff, the sixth box to row, countdown to kickoff, will return Saturday, July the 15th, Saturday, July the 15th, here in Raleigh. Okay, here in Raleigh, Saturday, July the 15th. Um, the the, the plan time as of right now is from 6 to 8 p.m. We are still locking down the location, but I want you to write that down, particularly for those in North Carolina, those that, for instance, uh, listen to us on uh, in Raleigh uh, or in Durham, I should say, uh, on Buzz Sports Radio in Raleigh on Hot 97.9 FM. Uh, those that listen to us uh, in that eastern, that northeastern part of North Carolina, uh, when, you, when you're talking about Elizabeth City, you're talking about, um, you know, OBX right on WRVS. You want to mark this down. Those out of a, a Husky that listen to us on WRCS, uh, right? You want to write this down as well. Those that listen to us on Bronco Eye Radio, uh, right? So, and, and then to the to everybody else. I mean, but those are the one, those are the stations that are within the closer proximity to Raleigh. Countdown to kickoff return. So you may ask, well, what is the countdown to kickoff? Well. It's when we have a live show. We do a live show. It's going to be videoed. Um, and we enter, We have as guests coaches from the HBCUs in the state of North Carolina. So let me, let me confirm who is going to be a part of that. Trey Oliver, the head football coach at North Carolina Central. Richard Hayes, the head football coach at Winston-Salem State. You're looking at, you're talking about two champions, right? You're talking about... Uh, the HBCU national champions in North Carolina Central. You're talking about the CIAA champions in Fayetteville State. Trey Oliver and Richard Hayes are going to be part of our countdown to kickoff. Marcus Hilliard, the head football coach at Elizabeth City State, is going to be there. Adrian Jones, the head football coach at Shaw, is going to be there. Maurice Flowers, the head football coach at Johnson C. Smith, is going to be there. Sean Gilbert, the head football coach 
at Livingstone is going to be there. And Robert Massey, the head football coach at Winston-Salem State, is going to be there as well. So super excited about this because we do it, we've done it pretty much in essence every other year. And it's a great time. It's a time for coaches to come out. Uh, there's a lot of camaraderie. It's an opportunity for you to come out uh, to watch a live broadcast of Box to Row, to be interactive with these coaches. Um, I mean, it, it's different. You know, you're going to see them in this environment uh, because it's not on the field. It's outside of the field, but it's not during football season either. Although within that next couple of weeks is when for a summer camps are going to begin for a lot of these coaches. So you're going to see them in a different environment uh, in, w- with a, you know, sort of a different demeanor. Then you'll see them two weeks after the event all the way probably through December, right? Because now you're in that coaching. It's, it's you know, it's it's probably, what, what at least 14 to 18 hours a day preparation, uh, making sure things are right. Teams are ready to rock and roll. You have to strategy, you know, what do you do if this goes wrong, if this player gets injured? All of those kind of things that come along with being a coach and specifically a head football coach. So they're going to be in a different environment, and we are inviting you to attend. Again, save it in your date book right now. I want you to write this down or put it in your phone right now. Obviously, if you're you're driving, don't, Uh, but if you're just – if you're listening and you're not driving, you're not doing something uh, that would put you in danger right now. Put it into your phone. Saturday, July the 15th, Box to Rose, sixth countdown to kickoff. The, it's right now, again, 6 to 8 p.m. And the place where we're going to be, it's going to be here in Raleigh, uh, where specifically w- you'll know that by... Uh, in the next uh, 10 days, okay? And you can always check our website, boxtorow.com, to get updates with respect to exactly where we're going to be. So definitely want you to check that out. So, look, we've, we've, got, uh, we've, got it, we've got the playoffs, we've got the finals, and we want to talk a little bit more about that. I mean, Denver obviously is in great uh, position, I, I never thought that this would be a sweep. I still think, I mean, I think that this is going to go six games with Denver winning it. Um, you know, I just remember last week after after game one, and, and uh, you know, we are a society of in we're in the moment. Everything is, the sky is falling. Everything is in the moment. And I think about all of those that we're talking about that this was going to be a sweep for Denver, right? Obviously didn't understand the history of Eric Spolstra, didn't understand uh, Jimmy Butler, uh, didn't understand the dynamic of the Miami Heat culture. So was it, gonna, it was never going to be a sweep. That said, you know, Denver's in good shape right now. You know, whether it, if, it, if, it go, you know, if it goes six games, I mean, you know, or if it goes seven, I don't think it will. If it goes, if it goes you know, six games. Denver is in really good shape right now. You look at a game three, and, uh, you know, just as I've been saying, like, Denver's just a better basketball team. It has more talent. The Heat, 
I mean, it, it, things have to go perfectly. Everybody has to come to play for the Heat, whereas Denver is just much more, much more. I'm not going to say supremely, but much more talented than are the Miami Heat. So we're going to get into that a little bit more today here on Box to Row. I want to talk about the the uh, Live and PGA are now merging. Keeping my eye on that. Got some thoughts on that. And I'm going to speak to you about that from more of a lay perspective because I don't, like I'm not a golf follower at all. Not, not really. I mean, we, we want to have golfers on this program from time to time. It, it's been very difficult uh, to do that. It is very difficult to, in fact, do that. But we keep up with it because it's in the realm of sports. So a lot to get to today on the program. You can join us. Hit us up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on my personal Twitter account, at DWare1, at DWare1, as BoxToRow rolls on. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer. The neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. All Weaver Street Markets. Harris Teeter. Food Lion. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, and Barica Soul. Find the Box to Row YouTube page for conversations with stars like Omari Hardwick, Brandy, Michael Strahan, and with some of our favorite sports guests over the years. Box to Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who help people that have been injured or wronged. If you've been involved in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident, or injured at work, you have rights, and you may be entitled to money for your suffering. Don't accept an offer you get from an insurance company until you talk to a lawyer. And we represent some of the best personal injury lawyers you can find. Tough lawyers that will fight to win your case. And they're so good, they stake their reputation on it by only getting paid if you win. So if you've been in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident, or hurt on the job, find out today for free what kind of compensation you may be entitled to. Call the legal helpline right now. 800-425-6588-800-425-6588-800-425-6588 On last week's From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware Jamie Shoup, the head baseball coach at Florida A&M You know, I was so mad about the occasion that I mentioned to about my you know, one of my sons but one of my boys got a little trouble and I was so angry when I found out about what he had I, I, I just wanted to get my hands on him. I was so bad. And when I saw him and I saw how broken he was and how hurt he was by what, you know, the disappointed he, 
disappointment he had brought. All I wanted to do was get my hands on it and hug him. And that's how I felt about a ball club. I'm so mad that we lost the way we did. But when I saw that they were more hurt than I was, all I wanted to do was get my hands on it and hug him. From the press box to press row is one of the hottest sports talk shows in the country. Join Donald each week as he takes you on a journey through the world of HBCU sports and pro sports and interviews with top sports and entertainment figures. That's from the press box to press row each week on your favorite station. Listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Box to Box to Box to Row. My man, Lil Mace, is gonna do it something like this. So what you gonna do? The ballad of a minute. Not to be confused with that of a premise. Welcome back to Box to Row. You can participate here on the conversation. Hit us up via Twitter at Box to Row, B O X T O R O W, or on our Facebook page, B O X the number two are O-W. So also, and of uh, on a sad note, the uh, and listen, I am, uh, you know, coming up, I'm a I, I big wrestling fan, going back to WWF more so. I know you had all of the, all of, you had all of the promotions, you had NWA and, you know, all of those kind of things when I was coming up. But, you know, my, and, and I come to realize as I've gotten older that it depends upon where you grew up. So I grew up in the Washington area uh, where where I knew I knew about NWA, but it was more about WWF. But if you, you know, were down south in Georgia and North Carolina and some other places, there were all kinds of promotions and probably, you know, something like the NWA was uh, a little bit more prominent the, the more south you went. Um, so, you know, you had the, you know, the Dusty Rhodeses and the Ric Flairs, you know, of the day, uh, right, that were that were really big in NWA. And then ultimately all of it has fallen under uh, WWE now uh, because you've had all kinds of promotions, WCW, and you had the Attitude Era coming up. I, I would I'm going to tell you and, 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 and I'd say all that to say we, I, I want to talk about Iron Sheik because the Iron Sheik passed away earlier this week at the age of 81 and iron the iron sheik was you know part of that regime of when i was coming through right like with hulk hogan and you know andre the giant probably more on the backside of his of his career but you know certainly i think when you look at andre the giant and you look at iron sheik i mean the reason why uh, the reason why hulk hogan was who hulk hogan was was because of those two gentlemen Right. The Iron Sheik was the WWF champion uh, in 1983 and, and Hogan took the title from him. And it's the it's the way that wrestling markets itself and specifically WWF and now WWE. I think it's really ingenious um, because a lot of times and, 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 and you know, it's interesting because I, I sort of look at wrestling and there. There are plenty of stereotypes. In wrestling, plenty of stereotypes when you talk about the different, um, you know, the different uh, the different characters and even some of the names that are given uh, to the characters kind of play on. You know, there's kind of a play, especially not, not as much as it used to be, but there's a play on, you know, stereotypes when certain names are given. Like, you know, you had the Harlem Heat or you have, you know, whomever, whomever it, it, it may, whoever the, the character 
uh, maybe. You don't see that as much now because we're in a different time, uh, right? But I think the way that wrestling markets itself is tremendous. Again, I look at a guy like an Iron Sheik, you know, um, you look at, you know, like a Nikolai Volkov, right? Like Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov had teamed up to become um, uh, WWF champions back in the day, but it was the whole you know, USA versus the world kind of thing. And so, you know, Hulk Hogan represented the USA. And then you had, you know, a lot of the, you know, sometimes a lot of the heels mostly um, were, you know, were from the, from other countries or if we, if you, if if, red countries, uh, if you were right. So that whole idea of the way that WWF specifically marketed itself, I think NWA was a little bit different. Um, uh, in a lot of respects, while, you know, offensive in a, in a lot of respects, you know, I think it depends on how you look at it. it. Yes, offensive, but 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 it but successful, you know, offensive, but successful. Um, and, and we don't really see I don't think you see it as much today when you watch wrestling, because my whole thing with wrestling, like I was a huge fan of wrestling uh, back in the day as I was coming up. And then I think where I started, where I separated from wrestling because Hulk Hogan was the champion for many, 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 many years. I know, you know, nowadays, you know, we talk about Roman Reigns and he just celebrated a thousand days as the universal champion and all of these things. Um, I think they had like a ceremony for him like what, a couple of weeks ago, right? Hulk Hogan had a reign for a long time and I'll never forget when he and the ultimate warrior fought in 1990 in the ultimate warrior ended up taking the title away from Hogan that when that happened um it it, it changed wrestling you know and then and then there you know allegations and then Hogan moved on and you know moved on to other territories and uh in 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 you know he's still obviously very very relevant uh even to this day but he's been with other prom- uh, other promotions he wasn't wasn't the four horse I forget what what um what the uh in a matter of fact A and E did an, a documentary um on the group that Hulk Hogan was with and I'm gonna look it up here while we're talking. Um but you know he he you know after his WWE days he was still large, became a heel, right? So he was still really, really big um, you know, he went into WCW, became Hollywood Hogan, the New World Order. That's what it was, not the four, the Four Horsemen, as Ric Flair, the new, the the New World Order or NWO, right? So it, it it was just really, really, you know, he continued to be big. And as my children kind of came up, that's when I would sort of watch wrestling and was kind of in and out of it, right? So. I sort of I missed the days of the rock and and sort of that attitude era. But uh, more recently, I've really gotten back into it. Like when WWE made the move to Fox, it's one thing to be on USA and it's another thing to be on sci fi. And all of those things are great. And it's it's one thing like back in the day when, you know, the WWF would the the shows would come on like it, it would be like once a quarter. They would come on like NBC. Right. Um, like as a Saturday Night Live uh, broadcast. I can remember, you know, uh, Hulk Hogan fighting. Uh, well, actually, uh, Randy Macho Man Savage and Jim Neidhart 
fighting uh, to for the right to fight Hulk Hogan and you know all of those all of these different things back in like the late 80s but it's another thing it's one thing to be on USA one thing to be on uh, you know pay-per-view and then another thing to be on network television from time to time but when you're on network television every week as Smackdown is and it's been going on now I guess what three four five years now maybe that's a whole different ball game. You know, WWE, I think it's absolutely ingenious. And to me, it's part of the strategy and the marketing strategy and the genius of wrestling. The premiere, when you're talking about sports and entertainment, now it's not, you know, we know it's scripted, right? Like, like I mean, I, I, I know people use the word fake. I don't, I prefer not to use the word fake when it comes to wrestling. I prefer to use the word scripted. Uh, because sometimes these guys really get hurt. It's scripted, and in the in as they're performing the script, sometimes these guys do get hurt. So to me, it's you know it's a script. But, but some of the athleticism uh, that you see, I mean, that's not fake. That's real, right? And so when I think about the Iron Sheik in those days in WWF. You know, did he go through some things during his life? Sure he did. Everybody does. All of us do. Right? But when I think of the Iron Sheik, to me, a lot of it, he's tied to Hulk Hogan. And there used to be a, a WWF, I think it was called Wrestling Superstars, uh, cartoon that came on where I, I, I believe the Iron Sheik was part of it. And they they were, you know, friendly in 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 that meaning the Iron Sheik and and uh, and Hulk Hogan, but when I think of the Iron Sheik, I think of of those great days of wrestling. And you know, back in the day, I think wrestling. I mean, I, I think the wrestling now is uh, you know it, 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 it's more it's more communication. You, you know, the, the 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 wrestlers in the ring they talk a lot more. They talk more to the crowd those type of things where you didn't see a whole lot of that back in the day. Like, you know, your main talker, I mean, one of the best talkers to me of all time is Randy Macho Man Savage. Like, he would come on that mic and, you know, he was the man. He commanded that thing. You know, I mean, Jesse the Body Ventura as an interviewer. And, you know, of course, you know, Mean Gene Okerlund and all of these guys, I mean, were great communicators. And today, you know, I look at wrestling now and you got some of the top, People, whether it's, you know, Roman Reigns, you know, I look at Brock Lesnar, like Brock Lesnar's on a whole different level uh, with everybody else. You look at the Bianca Belairs of the world, you look at the man, you know, Becky Lynch, you look at Seth Rollins and the way the, the crowd serenades him during his song with the, oh, I mean, those that watch wrestling know what I'm talking about. I think it's gone to a whole new level now, but I had so much appreciation for the wrestling when I was coming up. I think it's I think it's better now. I do think it's better now. I think the wrestling is better now in terms of, you know, the exposure. Obviously, we're in a different world with the social media and all of that. But, man, the Iron Sheik, you know, some of the battles that he had back in the day, you know, particularly helping uh, to elevate uh, Hulk Hogan to the status that Hulk Hogan ultimately, Hulk Hogan may be the most iconic wrestler of all time, I mean, you can that that's open to debate, but man, Iron Sheik was one of the greats. Brings me back to my days uh, of really as a youth watching wrestling and being into wrestling. 
And so rest in peace to the Iron Sheik. We've got more Box to Row after this small pause for the cause. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for him. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. Michael B. Jordan. And, and, I, and I think it's a testament to, you know, what HBCUs mean to people. You know, and, 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 and having that community and culture and shining a light on the universities, you know what I'm saying, in a real way and creating a pipeline from these kids in high school and making them feel good about wanting to land at HBCU. We have high, you know, high, high talent. Um, and often it's gone and shipped out to other places. It's never poured back into the community. So if we can create an environment that's cool and a beacon of light and people want to feel like they want to be here. And so putting it on a national stage is really big. You know, most of the time these kids don't get televised games. You know what I'm saying? So be able to put them on Turner in a real way was really, really important. Um, and, and, and then the brands and then the sponsors, you know what I'm saying? And getting, you know, the NBA, you know, scouts and looks to come in and hopefully like build this thing bigger. The one and only Stephen A. Smith. It's my sincere hope that when my ride ends, I'll get a big hug and a big thank you for what I tried to do for other people when I was at the top. Because that's all you have to lean on at the end of the day, bro. I mean, I, I plan on being successful for years to come, but it ain't gonna last forever. And, you know, when my day comes, when, when it's the end of the road and it's time for somebody else to be in my seat, in my chair, you know, it's my hope that whoever though that person or those people are, people that knew I cared about them and believed in them to help them get to this place. Hey, Spike Lee. Thank you. I haven't heard that. I mean, I've been on, the, on rails all over the nation. Thank you for that question. I'm a third generation Morehouse man. I was taught to speak your truth and that there's very special about being a Morehouse man the same way you feel about your school. The same way we feel all about our respective historic black colleges. That would have been my first choice anyway. And I'm proud to be a Morehouse man. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused. Just really, you know, excited. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story and uh, I'm just having fun you know, living my dream and riding the ride. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years you get to it. <laughs> You know what is good, and, and, and uh, you're encouraging people to be better and do better, and, and that's what I love, man. So thank you. I appreciate you. As we're joined by the one and only Jerry Rice. What do you remember most about those days at Mississippi Valley State? What is going on at Mississippi Valley State University? <laughs> Why are these guys putting up unbelievable numbers? And that brought awareness to the school, and after that, I got drafted to the San Francisco 49ers. Dave Roberts, manager of the L.A. Dodgers, to be person of color and be the manager of the Dodgers, what does that mean to you? I think the first thing that comes to me is responsibility. With recency and kind of the social, the racial issues that we're having that really come to light, which is, I believe, are good things. I think that it's a responsibility for me to be the first manager of color for the Dodgers. There's not many of us in baseball. To do things the right way, to hopefully give other people of color opportunity, hopefully it just paves the way. So I think that for me, I, I definitely look at it as responsibility, but something I'm willing to undertake. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honest. Snoop, you football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have 
grown at Division One. NBA All-Star Chris Paul. That was great to bring it back to One Salem State University, a black college. Something that my city had never seen before, may never see again, and just having a up close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Mellows. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. Kyrie Irving. Playing at Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to, to the car and I was driving it in first eight games and you know, being a part of something special like that and having a brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music movies and sports hey my favorite three topics hey y'all it is the est of wwe the strongest the fastest the roughest the toughest the quickest the greatest the best on box to row from the press box to press row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of hbcu sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment check the show out online at box that's from the press box to press row real relevant radio Welcome back to Box to Row. You can join us on the conversation. Hit us up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Follow us while you're there. Also on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. As now, we're about a little more than two months from the start of the HBCU football season. Super excited about that. And... The HBCU Football Daily Podcast is going to return on July the 25th. July the 25th, the HBCU Football Daily Podcast returns. You can, of course, check it out on our website at boxtorow.com, also on iHeartMedia, also in addition to uh, our uh, the Box to Row YouTube page as well. And while I was talking about in the first segment, our countdown to kickoff, which is taking place on July the 15th, and we're excited about that. Um, Saturday, July the 15th, mark it on your calendars. Forgot to mention, of course, our newest affiliate, 730 The Game in Charlotte. Those that are listening to us on 730 The Game, make the trip, about a a two-and-a-half-hour trip to Raleigh. Uh, Again, uh, uh, you look at uh, the coaches that are going to be there. We're talking about, uh, to this point, seven head coaches, including the coaches – uh, from Johnson C. Smith in Salisbury, where you can, of course, uh, that, that's the area where you can hear 7.30 the game. So uh, we hope to see you out. So the CIAA tournament, and this was the second year that the CIAA tournament was in Baltimore. And the, the tournament uh, received uh, an extension, whereas it's going to be in Baltimore through 2020. 26. So there's been a lot of success so far, and I haven't been to the CIAA tournament uh, in Baltimore uh, as of yet. Um, and we'll see. I mean, we, we maybe we'll do it this year. I don't I don't know. We, we'd have to see how that looks. Uh, but with that being said, I mean, I'd gone to the CIAA tournament from 2002 to its last year in Charlotte in 2019. I'd been every single year. Uh, and when I say 2002, so 2002, 2003, 2004, um, the tournament was in, and, and I believe 2005, the tournament was right here in Raleigh where I think it had some success. But ultimately, the former commissioner, Leon Carey, I, I can't remember if there was 
uh, something that didn't jive between the CIAA office and and the city of Raleigh. And I know the city of Raleigh would probably love to have the CIAA tournament back because so many things have changed here in Raleigh since the tournament was here. There's a lot. The the downtown is uh, much more booming. The uh, Raleigh has shown that it can host big time events. The the uh, All Star Game here was here in 2000. The NHL All Star Game that is was here in 2011. The Winter Classic dealing with the NHL was here in uh, it, uh, matter of fact in February. So a lot going on. Uh, in Raleigh, I realize that when you look at Charlotte, the arena's right there in Uptown, where it's a lot happening in Raleigh. The arena's in a, another part of uh, the city. But I think if you do a lot of your events downtown and then the games are played in another uh, part, you can make that work. In any event, um, I thought it, had, it, it was great in Charlotte, except that to me, the tournament had gotten stale. So you're talking about from 2006 to 2019 in Charlotte, uh, that's 13 years. That's a long time, uh, I thought, for the tournament to be in Charlotte. Charlotte's a phenomenal city, but I'd like to see it kind of move around, and I'd like to see it come back to Charlotte. I'd like to see it come back uh, to Raleigh. I'd like to see it come uh, to Washington, and really during that bid process, when the CIAA was looking to uh, maybe move the tournament from Charlotte, uh, I think the Bronx uh, put in a bid, Tampa, Washington. All right, so you had some other locations, uh, and, and Tampa's thinking outside the box. I mean, you don't you don't have any. I mean, what's the? I mean, there are no uh, schools even close to Tampa, Florida. But I think that was the appeal of the CIAA tournament. So I'm looking at some of the numbers that were released. And there was a joint press conference between Visit Baltimore, the CIAA, uh, the president of Bowie State was there, the mayor uh, of Baltimore, and the governor of the state of Maryland was there as well. And so I'm looking at this. So the total, so the 2003 tournament had approximately 38,450 fans in attendance at the arena, which is called the CFG Bank Arena. Uh, over 22 basketball games were played, um, and that attendance was up by 5.6% uh, in total from last year, from 2022, okay? Um, there were 63,844 individuals that came through the turnstiles as a whole. So that number included media, student athletes, coaches, staff, other individuals who entered the arena. So, I mean, so, you know, I remember now, again, we're still sort of coming off of COVID a little bit, and we'll see what 2024 uh, looks like. Um, the, the landscape, I think, of the CIAA, uh, and, and I mean, college basketball as a whole, of course, has really changed Whereas, I mean, the CIAA tournament at one time had 100,000 people in attendance in a week. It made it the third largest tournament in the country, only behind the ACC and the Big East. And you know when you're talking about the ACC has moved its uh, tournament, it's been in, you know, it's been in Charlotte, it's been in Greensboro. I think where the staple of the ACC tournament had been in Greensboro, but it's been in Charlotte, it's been in Brooklyn, it's been in 
you know, D.C. And then, of course, the Big East is always at Madison Square Garden. Uh, so you're talking about the CIAA tournament as a Division II conference being behind two of the powers when you're talking about college basketball. It used to be that way. Okay, so the 38, the almost 39, or let's just call it 39,000 for the sake of argument, is a far cry from where it used to be. That said, the I think the 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 scope of of uh, of college basketball and and things that you can do has changed. Uh, TV has changed a lot now. Of course, when you're talking about the CIAA tournament, it's it's much more than about the basketball. Although years ago, the the basketball talent in the CIAA, while it's good, it's not as good as it once was. When you had the Flip Murrays that were playing there, when you had you know as Shaw and playing in the CIAA, when you had you know North Carolina Central was part of the CIAA and. And you had, from time to time, draft picks and even going back to the days of Virginia Union as a power and all of those kind of things. So the basketball, while still relevant, it isn't as great as it was. And now I don't know if that sort of leads to the lack of numbers. I think part of this, and again, when it was in Charlotte, it had much more attendance, but but in the, but I, I think in the South, people gravitated more towards the CIAA tournament. I like it in Baltimore for a couple of reasons. One, it's not terribly far from even where we are in North Carolina. So even in Raleigh, Baltimore is about a five-and-a-half to six-hour drive from Baltimore where you have, you know, Shaw's here, St. Augs is here. I mean, it, you know, even if you go down – to the, the two schools that are the most furthest south, really three, uh, when you think about Char- uh, Charlotte and you talk about Johnson C. Smith, you talk about Salisbury, and then on the other side, uh, west, or east, uh, I should say, of Charlotte, but as further south is Fayetteville, North Carolina Fayetteville State. Um, so it, it's not terrible, still terribly far, but I think the attraction is you have – Baltimore in of itself, okay, you've got Washington that's right down the road, and then you also have big cities, New York, Philly, right? You've got the the New York area to include Jersey, uh, right? So I I think, but I I don't know that that's caught on yet. Like I thought that would be more of the appeal to me with the CIAA tournament coming to Baltimore, that you would get more of the northern folks that would kind of come to Baltimore because it's not as far, as opposed to them having to come all the way uh, to Charlotte or even to Raleigh, for that matter. Well, Well, that hadn't manifested itself from a tournament standpoint. But when I look at the ancillary events, the big names uh, right in the entertainment field that are still uh, that still throw parties at the CIAA tournament. I mean, it's a it's a who's who, you know. So from that vantage point, the CIAA tournament still attracts more of the ancillary events. And so when you look at it from that vantage point, even though the attendance at the games is not what it once was. 
at that point, let's look at the numbers. So CIAA tournament generated a total economic impact of $29.6 million. And I'm reading from it, it supported 1,504 part-time and full-time jobs and generated $2.5 million in state and local taxes, okay? In addition to that total economic impact, a tournament generated $17.7 million in participant and spectator offsite spending with $5.4 million spent in the food and beverage sector, $4 million in lodging, $3.4 million in entertainment and attractions, $3.2 million in retail spending, and $1.7 million in transportation and local rideshare companies. So, yeah, numbers may be down, but the CIAA tournament is still relevant. And, by the way, it's still got to continue to grow in Baltimore, and it will still be in Baltimore to, until 2026. One of note that I thought was extremely important that I really do like is that the Baltimore Sports Tourism Development Council engaged 118 minority-owned businesses to be part of the tournament and the direct economic benefit to those 118 minority-owned businesses was $1,249,028. So I, I really, I, listen, maybe not where it used to be, in terms of the CIAA tournament, that said, it's still going to have time to grow. We're still coming out of COVID. Uh, it'll be, we'll be fully out of COVID for the 2024 CIAA tournament. And so we'll see uh, what happens uh, then with the CIAA tournament. Your thoughts, CIAA tournament in Baltimore. If you've been in Baltimore, how is it? How does it compare to Charlotte? Hit us up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. We've got more of the program on the other side. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Home system and appliance repairs and replacements can cause stress and cost you thousands of dollars per year. With an A-plus BBB rating and a top-rated home warranty company on Consumer Affairs and Trust Pilot, ARW Home provides superior service, featuring the industry's lowest service call fee. ARW Home has warranty plans that cover your kitchen and laundry appliances, heating and air conditioning systems, electrical and plumbing systems, and much more. Call 800-201-1478 to customize your plan. Plus, ARW has partnered with Azurian to protect your new and used tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Call 800-201-1478 now for your free quote. That's 800-201-1478. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. 
sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. All Weaver Street Markets. Harris Teeter. Food Lion. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, and Barica Soul. On last week's From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Jamie Shoup, the head baseball coach at Florida AM. You know, I was so mad about the occasion that I mentioned to him about my old, you know, one of my sons. But one of my boys got a little trouble, and I was so angry when I found out about what he had done. I, I, I just wanted to get my hands on him. I was so bad. And when I saw him and I saw how broken he was and how hurt he was by what, you know, the disappointment he had brought. All I wanted to do was get my hands on it and hug him. And that's how I felt about a ball club. I was so mad that we lost the way we did. But when I saw that they were more hurt than I was, all I wanted to do was get my hands on it and hug him. From the press box to press row is one of the hottest sports talk shows in the country. Join Donald each week as he takes you on a journey through the world of HBCU sports and pro sports and interviews with top sports and entertainment figures. That's from the press box to press row each week on your favorite station. It's Donald Ware from the Press Box to Press Row. Welcome back to Box to Row. Join us on the conversation. Hit us up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two R-O-W. Thank you for making the program a part of your day. So we've talked about a number of different things in the last segment. Talked about the CIAA tournament and its impact on Baltimore and Really, the state of Maryland, for that matter. Also, we talked. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier on in the program. We acknowledged the life of uh, of Lawrence Johnson, who we lost of All Pro Photo, founded All Pro Photo, uh, one of the really, really great photographers. Used to shoot for Tops, uh, shot all kinds of uh, HBCU sports, and so we 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 talked about. Uh, we 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 acknowledged uh, Lawrence Johnson, a friend of mine, as uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Iron Sheik passed away, talked about uh, the Iron Sheik and his legacy as well. So we've talked about a number of different things today on the program and uh, NBA finals still going on. I think you, when you look at it, uh, you look at the, the Nuggets, things turned in game three. Because if you look when you look at Miami and what Miami was able to do in game two and even and listen, I I, I don't I. I didn't fit like throughout the course of the time that Miami's been playing, whoever it's been playing, you always felt like, okay, the fourth quarter was going to be Miami's time. If it was down, it was going to come back. It was going to make a run. It had done it many, many times behind the play of Jimmy Butler. I didn't feel like this time around that that was going to happen against the Nuggets. The Nuggets were in control of this, much like in game one, a lot of uh, uh, not as many mismatches, but. Uh, when you look at Jokic, who had a 30-point triple-double, and you look at Murray, who had a 30-point triple-double, I mean, those guys are absolutely spectacular. And so when they're playing at their best, okay, and even, you know, listen, it, 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 the Heat gave a valiant defensive effort in Game 2. It wasn't the effort even in Game 3. had nothing to do with the effort. It's just a better basketball team when you're talking about the Nuggets, and we're talking about Jokic and Murray, 
as the stars, right? But we're not even, you know, I mean, you know, KCP, you know, who can give you something also defensively uh, as a as a solid player. Um, I mean, this is a Nuggets roster that really is just, you know, it, it, it is superior. It is superior to the Heat. I mean, you've got Jeff Green who could come off the bench and give you something. Aaron Gordon, you know, obviously as a starter. I, I, I said it last week, like Bruce Brown is a starter in this league, right? Like he comes off the bench. Um, Braun gives you something off the bench. Porter, and, and, and I know a lot was made of Porter from a defensive perspective, especially after game two of Mike Malone, came back and made some adjustments, right? So it's Denver's series to take. Um, and again, you know, I think Miami is going to get, I think Miami is going to get one more. I, I said that I thought the series would go six. And so the I think the Nuggets are going to win it on Miami's home floor. But it's been a, it's been a good series. And the better team will prevail. And that team is going to be, the Nuggets. It would be the Nuggets' first championship. Now, let's stick in the NBA. Chris Paul, the point guard for the Phoenix Suns, reportedly has been waived, which isn't like a great surprise. Uh, although, again, you know, you make the trade for Kevin Durant middle of the season, it takes time for that unit to gel, but there's no doubt you've got Kevin Durant, you've got Booker. I mean, Aiton is is reportedly on, uh, going to be shopped around now. Monty Williams is out. Nick Nurse is now in as the head coach. New ownership there in Phoenix, so they're looking to clean house, looking to shake uh, some things up, and looking to win that championship. I mean, when you have Kevin Durant uh, and, okay, you've got he uh, and you've got Devin Booker. I mean, you've got, I mean, that you've got to, I mean, you know, you're talking about collectively the best two players in the league together, better than Jokic and Murray, better than you name any two. Uh, Booker and Durant are better than any, better than James and, and, uh, and Davis name any two uh, Booker and Durant are better than, than those two now so what happens with phoenix phoenix looking forward i mean cameron Payne is the backup point guard i like Payne as a backup i don't like him as a starter i think you can i mean do you want to move booker not not move him to the point but allow for him and durant to kind of bring the ball up the court i think you need a true point guard and this is where it's interesting for Phoenix because okay if you're Phoenix now you know what what is your move I mean what's your play now okay so you, you you're gonna wave Paul what do you do now uh, who do you go after who becomes your point guard Kyrie Irving could Kyrie Irving possibly come back in the mix listen I mean when you look at Kyrie Irving there's no doubt about the skill set that he brings to the table that is not questioned his scoring his ability to handle the basketball, his ability to distribute the basketball. He's he's a scorer and is a guy that can score any way. He can shoot it. He can take it to the hole. He can create contact. He goes to the line, but he also has the ability to run 
it as a true point guard. The issue, however, is Kyrie Irving off the court. What are you going to get? Is it going to show up? Is he going to decide not to play? I mean, all of those things have happened in the past. Now, I mean, I'm, I, I, and, and, you know, how bad was the breakup between Durant and Irving? Okay, because the whole reason why Durant even came to Brooklyn was because of Irving. That didn't work out. Irving got out. And then, of course, Durant uh, asked for a trade and was granted a trade. And if you're Phoenix, I mean, you've given up quite a few uh, really, really good players, really talented players uh, to get Durant and what, four first round picks? That's a lot. So the window for Phoenix to win is now. So on the Chris Paul side, where does Chris Paul go? Okay, does he go to does he go to the Lakers? Does that you know? I, I mean, I think that. I mean, it 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 makes the Lakers better, no question about it. But does it? It doesn't. To me, it doesn't make them better than the Phoenix Suns. It certainly doesn't make them better than the Nuggets, who are going to win the championship. Um, and then you've got all, of, you know, you've got the teams in the West. I mean, I know a lot of people are still talking about the Clippers. The Clippers are off of my radar. Um, you know, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, while two of the really great players in the league, the issue is with these two, A, they can't stay healthy. B, they're, they're, now Leonard and Paul George are both a year older now. You know, I really had, I thought, I mean, I, I really had high hopes for the Clippers coming into this season with the acquisition of John Wall, um, you know, all of the pieces that they had, and it just never worked out. I mean, I give Ty Lue a lot of credit because Ty Lue uh, is an excellent coach, but the problem is, I mean, you can be as great a coach as you can be. At the end of the day, if you don't have your star players and they're always hurt, um, then that really creates a problem. But, Chris Paul to the Lakers. Interesting. I still think, and again, I look at the Lakers. The Lakers made it to the Western Conference Finals when they probably should not have. They were a 13 seed um, at one time, uh, had to play in the play-in game, got to the finals. Uh, AD and LeBron were both healthy, and then you, the Hachimura trade was big. Reeves, Austin Reeves has been really, really good. And for me, I like the play of Schroeder. I think Schroeder's going to get paid. Uh, whether the Lakers pay him or not, I, I mean, you know, if I'm looking at for a point guard, for me, it's got to be, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to take Chris Paul over Schroeder. Somebody's going to pay Schroeder. Maybe the Lakers ultimately pay him uh, to stay. And look, think about it. Schroeder turned down, going back, what, three years ago now, he turned down a four-year, uh, four-year $80 million contract four-year, $80 million contract because he thought he could get more money. What a mistake that was. I think he got like a million and a half base salary this year, something like that from the Lakers. But I think he gets a, a big contract. But where does Chris Paul go now? Um, the obvious choice would be the Lakers, but that does take the Lakers up a notch. But does it take the Lakers to the next level? I don't think so. Certainly not over. And even if, let's say, Phoenix doesn't add a preeminent point guard. Let's say they add someone to kind of make things go with pain and this other guy. I still think uh, the Suns are a better team. My time is about up. 
I thank you for yours. Thank you for joining us today here on Box to Row. For more information on the program, log on to our website, BoxToRow.com, for great podcasts, great content. Also, don't forget to check out, to check us out on YouTube as well. And always remember to support those that support. Yo, Box to Row is produced by DW Communications. <laughs>